We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, and more on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners at Rotoviz. Preseason games have started. Curtis has been on vacation. He's back. We're inching closer to all of these major drafts coming up. Uh, you know, everything that the season will have in store. How are you doing, Curtis? I'm doing great, man. I uh, got to go back down to Jamaica uh, with the misses last week, had some really cool experiences, uh, swam in the, uh, luminescent waters of, uh, the luminous, luminous lagoon in Falmouth, uh, Jamaica, and, you know, just kind of unplugged for a week, uh, which was really great, much needed. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's a return actually to the same resort we went to last year, which of course, um, you know, famously, I kind of joked that Alvin Kamara, you know, paid for that trip. Uh, because the prior year, his Christmas Day exploits <laughs> are what uh, <laughs> sent us to this resort, uh, resort uh, his six touchdown game. So, you know, that was really nice um, to get down there. And uh, you're right, man. Some of the major drafts, you know, really are, uh, some of them have already occurred. Um, you know, a couple of us were competing in the FFPC pros versus Joe's competition. Uh, I've been sharing a team with Ryan McDowell the past couple of years. And uh, in my opinion, we're the best duo uh, ever to play in that competition we played in, in four years. Uh, and, and we've finished second in our league three times and, and won our league once. No one has that kind of run. Of course, Sean and uh, Ben uh, competing um, now. Sean Siegel and Ben Gretsch, of course, of Stealing Bananas over on Road of His Radio, uh, now in the competition as well. Uh, and then tomorrow, Dave, I've got the Draft Sharks Best Ball Invitational. Oh, nice. Uh, always appreciate uh, competing in that very tough league again this year. Upcoming this weekend, we have the Kings Classic in Canton, Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Always look forward to doing that. I'm a, a two-time champion going for a, a third round. Um, there, a third belt from Trophy Smack. Uh, got my sights set on that <laughs> for this year. And and we've got the Fantasy Football Expo um, coming up this weekend, too. Uh, uh, that, you know, the, the Kings Classic draft has now become part of that larger event that takes place over the course of the weekend. And some of 
there's some other road of his brethren um, that are going to be in town that I'm looking forward uh, to meeting. I'm going to get to meet calm Kelly in the flesh um, this weekend, Very exciting. Uh, which is great. He made the trip across the pond. Uh, he's hand delivering me a new snapback road of his hat, uh, which he <laughs> ordered, um, which is going to be great. Can't wait to see you calm. If you're listening to the episode. Um, and then I've got team road of his Dave, you'll appreciate this. Uh, I recruited some friends of the site to, to enter the first inaugural fantasy football flag football yeah, tournament. That's really cool. It's going to be so fun, man. Uh, so, you know, just the, the giant that he is, uh, Amor Gabber, um, it, it, uh, of Rotoviz and four for four, um, fame, you know, he, he's on this squad with me, uh, former Rotoviz alum, Rich Rebar, uh, is playing, uh, destination Devi guru, Ray Garvin is on this squad. Uh, Cody Carpentier, uh, from, from, uh, over at Roto underworld. So just, you know, a lot of fun Dude, guys that, that will be. Dude, we're going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be really, it's going to be really fun. Um, Dalton Cates, uh, as well, who uh, recently announced a partnership with Ben Gretsch on a, a fun, um, a, a fun uh, fantasy uh, newsletter, uh, sports betting. Uh, I think kind of feeding into all the work that Ben does with his premium email service. So lots of cool people. Uh, really looking forward to hanging out and and you know just getting a chance to catch up with uh, some people. We've got to get you out to this event sometime soon, Dave. Yeah, I know. It is definitely on the list of things I need to get to, uh, you know, making it happen uh, yeah. is always easier said than done. But one of these years, <laughs> yeah, one of these yeah, years, I'm yeah. out there. it's a tough, you know, it's a tough time of year, too, because it's like, uh, oh, you know, a lot busy. going on for the site. And it's like, I, I it almost makes more sense uh, for me to make sure I'm, you know, hunkered down in the cave, so to speak making sure these tools are all ready to go. We'll still try to cut, cut up some time that I can between these podcasts, get a couple of articles out there before, uh, you know, the season is upon us. So, and another well, day thanks for us. making the rest of us feel bad about getting together to socialize, <laughs> Dave, um, sad trombone <laughs> sound effect. That's going to take us right into our FFPC stat attack. Well, in the lead-in, Dave, you teased that we we're going to be talking Allen Robinson, Ken Walker, and Mark Ingram. So I chose Mark Ingram for this episode's FFPC stat attack. It's easy to forget what a weird season he had, actually starting the 2021 uh, season with the Houston Texans, um, trying to figure in as their bell cow back. Uh, things went a little sideways uh, for him in that arrangement, and the New Orleans Saints had a, a, a running back depth chart need Behind Alvin Kamara, he goes back over to New Orleans. And per our Rotoviz Game Splits app, I'm able to tease out uh, what happened in the games where Mark Ingram had the backfield to himself uh, without Alvin Kamara. Kamara didn't play uh, for a span of three games in the middle of the season, and and Ingram got to operate uh, as the alpha in the backfield. He actually, Dave, averaged 13.9 PPR in those three contests, which was good on a points-per-game basis for RB21. So... Mark Ingram, um, dusty old Mark Ingram, mm. uh, former Heisman Trophy winner, and uh, I, I think you know probably uh, an underappreciated uh, fantasy player, and, and probably will go down as an underappreciated player of the twenty teens uh, after he retires. Uh, still an RB two at his advanced age, and I know we're going to be talking about whether we like him at ADP later in the episode. Of course, the 
FFPC Stat Attack brought to you by myffpc.com, the home of high stakes redraft and best ball. Uh, and, and, you know, more recently, uh, the best dynasty product in the game, Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty Leagues. You can check all of it out at myffpc.com. And for first time uh, players on the format, uh, you actually get a $30 credit uh, from Rotoviz, just a gift from us. It will show up in your account. Uh, if you, if you sign up from the link in our premium email, so make sure that you're subscribed to our premium email as well. You can check out all of it out at myffpc.com. All right, Curtis. So I have a couple of players that I specifically handpicked that I want to talk to you about. Uh, had a couple of things come up last week where I, I talked somewhat about these players or the teams that they were on. So I wanted to cycle back to them. But before we do that, we had a listener question come in and they say, hey, Dave and Curtis, my FF draft is nearly approaching. I emailed you a keeper question back in April. My team was bad last year. 14 team PPR, only one keeper. Best keeper options at that time were DK Metcalf and Jerry Judy. Somehow, some way, I just picked up Cortland Sutton via free agency. Someone dumped him last December slash January after another bad game with Teddy B slash Drew Locke throwing balls at his feet. As much as I love DK, the quarterback situation is not good in Pete Carroll. Dot, dot, dot. Sutton, however, as a shiny new Hall of Fame quarterback and the unfortunate Tim, Pac- Tim Patrick injury could mean a greater than 25% target share for Sutton. He's a stretch X receiver, correct, they ask. Uh, Russell Wilson might be looking for him downfield a lot, so big plays slash touchdowns might be plentiful. Seattle's offense might be so bad. Will DK have more than six to eight touchdowns this year? Where do you have Sutton, Judy, and Metcalf ranked in PPR format? Thanks, Matt. Okay, a lot there. Do you need me to repeat yeah, I mean, this? The, no, no. no I, I, uh, thank, thanks to you. I'm glad that you posted the question in the Slack so I could read along. I mean, just to kind of rehash, I mean, what we're really talking about is how do we compare Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and DK Metcalf uh, for the 2022 season? Because this is really a, a keeper question uh, yes. from the listener. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the, you know, the all the rules of this keeper league are, but, you know, you can kind of apply some dynasty uh, aspects to these types of decisions, but keeper really is a little bit more of just a, you know, kind of a souped up redraft uh, is the way that I play it. You're not married to as many players um, uh, certainly, and you're turning over, you know, a lot more of your roster. So uh, I think year to year is the way that I typically, you know, played those leagues when I was still playing keeper. Um, You know, I don't really want to overthink this one. Um, I, I think that, you know, you can make a case that, you know, all of these guys should have a 20% uh, target share on their teams. Um, and, you know, I just want the guys that figure to have, you know, the, the highest you know touchdown rates. And, you know, I, I do think that that's going to be Cortland Sutton and DK Metcalf. Um, in the case of Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, it, you know, at a little bit more of an advanced age and playing with lesser quarterback talents, I do think it's going to be harder to find him on the field uh, for Geno Smith and, and or Drew Locke than it will be to force feed DK those targets. So I don't mind having DK as the clear number one. You know, Seattle just reinvested in him uh, on a three-year deal. So that really seems to be the trend for all these guys, you know, age 24 to 26, getting these three-year deals with a chance to resign in their late 20s. So 
DK tied to Seattle, you know, they'll probably have another quarterback in 2023. And, uh, you know, I, I, I assume that that player will be better than who he's playing with this year. I still think with the poor quarterback play, I mean, DK, I think a worst case scenario for him is something like 900 to a thousand yards, even in the, you know, 17 game season. And, you know, I, I, I do think though that he can still score a plus touchdowns. Um, you know, so, you know, that type of line, he should still be, you know, a wide receiver too. Um, now with Sutton and Judy, it's a little bit more complicated because they're tied to the same quarterback, but, you know, I think there's a comment in the question around the, you know, the type of player that Sutton is Sutton, especially with Tim Patrick's injury. I think Sutton's role is very clear. You know, he's going to be on the perimeter. He's going to be the red zone target monster Judy and uh, KJ Hamler, who's looking increasingly healthy, I think will compete for similar types of targets and will be the ones that will move around a little bit more um, when they are playing three wide receiver sets. And, you know, I think some people on our site, even last year, were making the case, you know, before obviously Hamler got injured again, that Hamler might just be better than Judy. Um, and I, you know, I think that could still potentially be, um, the case. So I just want to take Sutton here. I feel more sh- uh, sure of his role. The early camp buzz has been about the Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton connection. Um, and, you know, I, I saw, I would rank this Sutton Metcalf Judy as the three. I don't know how many you get to keep, whether it's one or two, but if you do get to keep two, I'd keep Sutton and Metcalf. If you're only keeping one, I'm keeping Sutton. Dave, do you see it differently? Yeah. So, I guess my thoughts on this are with it being a one keeper um, situation. Oh, it is a one keeper. Okay. It's a one keeper. Uh, this question almost can kind of be like a a one year uh, rental here, if you will. You definitely don't need to look at this in as long term, as long of a time scale as you would. Uh, if considering these players in dynasty, and that's because I think that there's a very decent chance that some of the other players this person might take in their draft, seeing as there's only going to be 12 players gone, could end up being mm. a more attractive option for them heading into next year. So I don't think that you need to worry about locking yourself down too far into one. Which player do I think will have the better season this year? I think that the odds are in favor um, and not by a huge margin, but I would rather have Cortland Sutton this season uh, as I think that their touchdown upside is probably somewhat uh, similar. You know, when I do the projections out for these guys, uh, I have Sutton at seven receiving touchdowns. If you look at Metcalf, I have him with seven receiving touchdowns. So it's fairly similar expectations, uh, but you just don't have as many concerns about the quality of the offense and everything that comes with that with sudden naturally. So I think if I'm kind of taking this in this vacuum of next year, I'd probably rather have sudden. It is interesting when you start thinking about what things could look like for DK Metcalf. If Seattle addresses its quarterback situation next year. However, um, at this point, I'm really not sure if you can bank on any veterans coming in that substantially changes outlook. If they get a rookie, odds are that would take a little bit of time to develop. And you may have already then lost some of that, those prime years from DK. Um, So if I'm also thinking about this keeper question and maybe the two to three year window, I I suppose I end up going sudden as well. Once I kind of talk this through. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm Sutton in both of those. I think that debate becomes, you know, between DK and Judy. Yep. Um, so, you know, it sounds like we're aligned. You know, it's, it's a one keeper. You know, you get two big check, check marks, Matt, uh, both from Dave and I, to go ahead and keep Cortland Sutton. And I think uh, with the comment around Seattle addressing the position with a veteran, it is looking increasingly like San Francisco is probably going to have to cut Jimmy G. Yeah. Um, and so if that happens, you know, that would be pretty interesting. Uh, if, if, if he were able to stay in the division, that all of a sudden, you know, really changes things. Um, if Seattle were to take the bait, he's, he would just be such an upgrade uh, over what they have uh, there currently. And, you know, I think would make the NFC West, you know, just even more intriguing than it's already going to be. So uh, we're not going to make a decision, you know, based off of that, but, um, there are there are some ways, even with just modest upgrades, that that DK's situation looks a lot different, and he's not getting taken in the fifth round and redraft anymore. He's getting, you know, he's back up in the you know third round at worst. So um, this is a great question, and it is a reminder. Uh, if you've got a question for us, you can email uh, Road of His Radio. Uh, you can at Dave or me on Twitter with your question. You know, we try to take anything that's that's interesting or allows us to kind of analyze from a couple of different angles and fit it into an episode and. I'm sure Matt's not the only person with a keeper question or a draft dilemma or dynasty trade that's come in that's got you puzzled. Uh, so feel free to reach out and, and we'll try to get to it on one of our next shows. And, oh, Curtis, I'm glad that this came up because it reminds me. Maybe three years ago, Matthew Friedman and I did a bold predictions episode where people called into our number. Mm. They left us bold predictions. And I have been meaning to... So this is where the actual what's up uh, Rotoviz drop came from. I wish I could remember the gentleman's <laughs> name when he called and he said oh, that. Man. If that listener happens to be listening to this show, I definitely want them to get in contact with me. Shoot me an email. I have some Rotoviz stuff I would love to send their way. And I would also love to get another bold prediction from this gentleman. And I would like to do another bold predictions episode this year. Maybe we'll do it closer to the end of August. It might be fun to squeeze in one kind of fun episode. Uh, we'll share some bold predictions that we might have. So when this show ends, because I do not have this number memorized, or you can find it in the show notes, and I will start to say it more commonly on the show, call mm -hmm. that number up, leave us a bold prediction. Uh, we will pick maybe one or two, and you might get some free Rotoviz merch or maybe a free sub, something along those lines. What do you think of that, Curtis? Well, I'll give you a book. I'll give you a bold prediction right now. Okay. We'll, just, we'll just put it right in the middle of this episode. We'll come back and we'll substantiate it another time. And I'll, I'll follow it up with an article on the site. Alan Lazard is going to be a top 18 wide receiver this year. It's going to happen. All right. So, All right. Um, and he's going like wide receiver 36. He's, he's like, if you're listening to this episode, just keep drafting Alan Lazard, okay? He's a Packers wide receiver one. It's not close. Um, I was just yeah, searching just, for a sound effect. We went with that. <laughs> that's not, that's like the worst. <laughs> that's called rim shot. He, he turns it into a, he turns it into a joke. It would only um, be worse if I'd hit. <laughs> but no, Lazard, uh, I mean, that's a huge Delta there. So I'm, I'm on board I, with that. I, I feel, uh, I feel let down by our board operator, Dave, um, got to fire the intern. Um, but yes. Uh, okay. I will, I will take it. I'll take it higher to make it spicier. Alan, Alan Lazard will be a wide receiver one. Oh, wow. Now there we are go. cooking. He'll be, a, he'll be a top 12 wide receiver. It's juicier. I'm, I'm not going to hedge. It's juicier. Alan Lazard will be a wide receiver. <laughs> one. Keep drafting me. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Oh all right. Gosh. All right. All right. Uh, final thing I'm going to say, I have been meaning to rearrange the soundboard, right? So on the, on one bank that I have without needing to do much work, Curtis, I can easily have eight sound effects. I think I'm going to put the intro, the outro on there, and then just any other sound effects that I might have. You see, I used to leave them with kind of like different configurations of banks for different times of year and it became unmanageable and it looks like I'm putting Curtis to sleep. So let's get into, well, no, you just, no, I mean, you just got to hit like hit another one, hit one that you didn't hit yet. Cause I didn't find the one that I wanted for that type of drop. No, hold on, hold on, A plus. Uh, no, you're fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, there you go. All right, so I'm starting to get a complex though because I feel like you have more. I'm the stay positive guy, and you got more negative slash humorous take sound effects in there. I'm starting to wonder. Well, if you don't have confidence in the takes that are occurring on this show, <laughs> those so <laughs> that sound bank is largely the one that comes built into the machine I am using. No, our takes oh, are always, you know, they're always spot on. Um, you know, one hundred percent accurate, no question about that. So, you know, I'm oh. so optimistic we don't even have to, you know, put out any type of seriousness here. All right, but this game, we are we in or out? I brought up a couple of players, one including. Uh, one included here, Mark Ingram, who we talked about earlier. And the reason I brought him up, Curtis, is with it looking more likely that Alvin Kamara could be around the entire season, uh, you know, with his court date pushed back, that it's possible now you don't have built-in games for Alvin being out. I wanted to kind of pick your brain here now on what we think about Mark Ingram. Now, I guess I will say high level, Mark Ingram at RB61, I think still very intriguing. Um, but, you know, maybe people would not be as interested in having like a 40% exposure to Mark Ingram now in best ball leagues. Where are we at on, on Ingram? Are we in or are we out? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I'm still, he, you know, for underdog purposes, you know, he's he's back down to being a player you don't need to draft until the 18th round. You know, six, eight weeks ago when we were putting him on the radar, you know, he kind of jumped up into that 15, round 15 area if you wanted to have exposure. You know, now, you know, he really doesn't cost you anything. You know, the opportunity cost of taking Mark Ingram is passing on, you know, other true dart throw players and not, you know, maybe, you know, high upside, you know, wide receiver eight or something in the mid teen rounds um, to that, you know, or, or your tight end three or something like that, that you might be depending on if you waited on the position. Um, so, you know, if you look at the players being drafted after him, the only one I can make really a compelling case for, you know, a, a player that could potentially be a team RB two and have high upside now is Dearness Johnson, you know, with the, Kareem Hunt news um, breaking that he's demanded a trade. You know, we don't really know what that's going to look like in Cleveland. You know, you would expect Hunt's ADP to fall. And if he were to change teams, you know, Dearness Johnson has been, you know, highly capable and pretty productive from a fantasy purpose there in Cleveland. Uh, you know, he's got a great offensive line. They're going to lean on the run until Deshaun Watson's available, if he's even available. You know, he probably becomes more attractive than Mark Ingram. You know, but I was, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, when Ingram when he was leaned on last year in new Orleans uh, and throwing out the Houston games, you know, just actually in new Orleans in an offense that didn't have Michael Thomas and didn't have Jameis Winston, you know, or Chris Olave or Jarvis Landry, you know, an offense that looks nothing like what it should look like this year in terms of its ability to move the ball. You know, he was, he was still a back end RB two, you know? And so, you know, what you're looking for at these end of the draft guys are, you know, players that if they get the opportunity uh, that can make it into your lineup and, you know, he's still proved, you know, uh, if you look at the NFL stat explorer, I mean, two of those three games where he had the backfield to himself, he had almost 21 expected points, uh, expected fantasy points in those games. So the value of the role is there in new Orleans. And so there's still a non-zero chance. Alvin Kamara does get suspended. Um, he has missed um, games a couple seasons in his career um, or the team, you know, as they try to extend to the life of his career, you know, could opt to, to mix in Ingram, you know, at a little bit of a different uh, percentage or, you know, cadence than they've done in previous seasons. There's different ways that Ingram could return value. I don't think that he's a player that's going to have a, a, a weekly role. You know, you're really taking it on the chance that maybe Kamara still does get suspended uh, or misses some games. But, you know, you've got from an opportunity cost perspective, man, at the position, you've got Dearness Johnson being drafted behind him. Um, you know, you've got Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas City. You know, I know he's getting a lot of buzz, but I'm not really buying that with how many players are in front of him. Um, you've got Deontay Foreman in Carolina, you know, behind Christian McCaffrey, uh, but also he's dealing with Chuba Hubbard. You got Chris Evans in Cincinnati, uh, Kenyon Drake in Las Vegas, um, you know, is another name that we've mixed in. You know, Benjamin in Arizona, another one that I'd bring up and Trey Sermon. So these are all players that I think make sense to, to mix in if you're looking for that extra back and your underdog build. And uh, I, I think that Ingram is still, you know, he still warrants consideration. Cool. I'm glad that I brought up this question then because it gave us some names that I'm glad that you mentioned because I do think that what can happen to people as they start to build uh, more rosters into the total of teams that they're going to have on underdog. It's easy to kind of get into a habit of targeting the same mixture of players late. And I think that that kind of expands the group, a couple of names you can think about with your last pick. Um, 
I think that one note here that you kind of touched upon is that this offense and this team in general could be a bit better than it was last year. Uh, if it is, that opens up a little bit more of the opportunity for Ingram to have a game here and there where perhaps he doesn't even need Kamara to be out. I will say last year in the four games that they were mutually in, you only saw Ingram scoring around six PPR per game, but that's not really why you're drafting him here. It's for all of the other reasons that you lined up. Yeah. Yeah, you're really not getting a player with a defined, a running back with a defined role this late other than maybe Kenyon Drake, you know, and and the jury's still out there. He's the one that could potentially still have that weekly role. All these other players are, you know, are are big time dice rolls. And so, you know, um, you know, Ingram Ingram has proven time and time again, uh, even as his efficiency has waned in recent seasons, um, that, you know, he's he's trustworthy. Um, he, you know, he understands that offense, you know, he's, he's a beloved new Orleans saint. And in, in terms of, you know, the, the post, uh, the post Katrina new Orleans saints, the, the saints that, um, have actually really built up that, that, you know, reputation and, and that legacy. And, you know, he's a player that he's going to get the call, uh, if Kamara is not available. So, you know, there's two other players that I think that we want to hit on as well. Maybe that you do have to invest a little bit more in, uh, to roster. Yes. Yes. So one of these guys we did talk about, we had a question come in last week uh, and that was on Ken Walker. And the question was really asking mm. why in the road of his rankings uh, for redraft purposes, are we lower on Walker than you might see elsewhere? Uh, and I, I will say that if you are on the underdog app right now and you look at Walker, he's the RB 36. So that in itself is actually fairly late. I guess I'll throw the question out though, Curtis at RB 36, are we in or out on Kenneth Walker? And of course you're the guy we got to ask because of your undying affections for Rashad Penny. Yeah. I mean, I'm out. Um, I'm out. You know, I just, uh, um, there's a lot more opportunity costs assigned, um, you know, here in the 10th round of drafts. I mean, you know, the, these are, you've got to look at upside uh, and roll on day one. I mean, everything out of Seattle has been that it's Rashad Penny's job um, right now. And if you look at Pete Carroll, uh, you know, if you look at his history, you know, at the running back position, you know, he uses the veteran players that know the scheme. You know, he's been very hesitant to give major roles to rookies is one of the things that bit Penny investors when, even after they drafted him um, as early as they drafted him uh, several years ago. So if I'm looking at who I have to pass on to draft Ken Walker, and I'm, I'm not going to look at any of the players that have ADPs similar to him, but, but lower that could slide. I'll just look at players that actually have an actual ADP lower, um, you know, just two, two slots later and, and one positional slot later, Melvin Gordon. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather have Melvin Gordon who's going to get into your lineup. Um, even if nothing happens to the back in front of him, I don't think Kenneth Walker you know, with the way that Seattle's going to use those backs in the receiving game, um, there's not really room for a change of pace back to figure into the situation. He's going to actually have to usurp Rashad Penny to get into your to your best ball lineup. Melvin Gordon's not going to have to do that uh, in Denver. He scored nearly 200 PPR each of the last two seasons in timeshares, um, and you know I don't I don't see that that changing with you know a better quarterback and and probably more overall touchdown potential there in Denver. Um, other players you got to pass on. You know, if you want to take a wide receiver, you're passing on Garrett Wilson. 
um, you know, and, and, and investing in, in some of these highly drafted wide receivers that don't get the ADP assigned to them, you know, this can be a way, you know, really to make some fantasy hay. It is year after year, um, you know, uh, uh, again, at the running back position, other players that you could consider here, they would maybe be team RB2s, but figure into the mix a little bit earlier. Um, Cordell Patterson, I mean, he's kind of a divisive investment uh, this year. Um, what position is he really going to play? But we know he's going to have a weekly defined role. Uh, and, you know, he was super productive um, last year. You've got Isaiah Spiller, uh, who's factoring into the the Chargers backfield. Man, um, he might not have any better chance to to score points than Walker on a weekly basis. But if, if he were to go in and replace Eckler, the upside for him versus what Walker would have replacing Penny, I don't think there's any question. I mean, I definitely would rather draft Isaiah Spiller, and the same would be true then of another rookie in this range, Rashad White. I would rather have Rashad White than uh, Kenneth Walker just based off of what being the RB1 in in case of an injury would look like in Tampa Bay versus Seattle. So there's plenty of other players at those positions, but, you know, other intriguing players uh, at other positions in this range too. You know, you and I have both been in on Justin Fields. You know, he's in, in kind of that, uh, are you willing to have a team where you build with just two quarterbacks? He's kind of right on that edge. You know, we've talked about he's in this area. Kirk Cousins is in this area. Julio Jones is in this area. Aaron Rodgers is in this area. <laughs> it's really hard to make a case. I mean, I think I think Ken Walker, I, I guess I understand why he's in the tier, but his ADP is, is probably almost two rounds too early for me to have much interest. Uh, I think I was pretty strong here. Uh, was I too strong? Do you see this different? No, I yeah, I don't think you were too strong. So last week I uh, I talked for a while about all of the reasons why Walker um, I felt should not be a back that you should really be targeting <clears throat> or that should be you know be uh, should be going earlier in drafts than he is. And the final thing that I want to add uh, here is that if Walker looks like the type of guy that in your mind when you're building your team you're saying all right, this is great because I'm going to get this this running back who's going to be pretty solid, and I'm going to get him, you know, later in the draft than I than I, you know, normally would. That might not be the best way to consider him this year because there's so many questions there. He is not a player that you can pencil in as, um, you know, having any solid expectation of what could happen. We could be very far off, but I don't think that you should feel confident in any prediction that you have about Walker. All right, Curtis, the final player that I want to uh, talk to you about here, we're going to switch over to wide receiver, another polarizing player this year, especially in light of it looking like Matthew Stafford could be suffering uh, with some ailments right now. And this is Mm. Allen Robinson at wide receiver 20 coming off of that down year that I think some people would like to write off. Of course it happened. So others are going to hold it against him stepping into this Rams offense, very high powered. But now we have another question given some of the comments from McVay surrounding Matthew Stafford. Yeah. You know, and this one's tough. Um, I'll, I'll play this one a little bit more down the middle. I'm okay with people mixing in Allen Robinson here. I would, I don't want to be heavy on him in this range because there's other players that really make a lot of sense. I can see Allen Robinson, um, you know, you know, he's a different type of player, but I could see him producing 
uh, alongside Cooper Cup the way maybe that Robert Woods did, kind of being a really high-end wide receiver too. I do think there's a little room uh, to accrue some, uh, you know, post-draft day equity, you know, on an Allen Robinson investment if Stafford is healthy and plays all season. Uh, and if teams, you know, really sell out in particular to to not let Cooper Cup um, have record setting numbers again next year. Yeah, I mean, I could I could certainly see Allen Robinson being, you know, in that wide receiver 15 range or something if if everything goes right. But there's a lot of other players that make a lot of sense in the late, you know, the mid to late fourth round where Robinson's, you know, been going in the last week or two, according to our tools, uh, our underdog tools here on the site, you know. Investing in Allen Robinson, you're passing on Brees Hall. Uh, you're passing on Gabe Davis. You're passing on Deontay Johnson. Um, I think Johnson in particular, now that he's going to show up in Pittsburgh, uh, the type of target market share that he's going to command. You know, I understand we want players in, in good offenses, um, and, and we've talked a lot about that. But, you know, Robinson, it's also been several years since we've seen him look anything like, you know, the formerly elite version of himself. You know, Johnson's been producing with subpar quarterback play the last couple of years uh, when Ben Roethlisberger was in town. And I'm just not sure, so sure that the, you know, the, the transition to uh, Trubisky is, is such a bad thing uh, for Johnson. I think he can still be a pretty good producer there. You know, Gabe Davis basically is drafting, you know, uh, a similar situation to Allen Robinson. You're hoping that there's enough meat on the bone for a team wide receiver to, to pop the differences you know, Davis being a little bit riskier, you know, we haven't seen that type of output from him before. Um, you know, there is a little bit of a case per the root of his screener, <clears throat> about 6% of his top 50 Sims, uh, or from the range of outcomes tool, rather about uh, 6% of his top 50 Sims actually produced enough in their N plus one season to justify the ADP that Gabe Davis has now. So, I mean, it's kind of like you're telling me there's a chance situation. You might be getting overdrafted, uh, in particular in the half PPR format right here, but uh, I'm willing to call it a coin flip versus Allen Robinson anyway. But then, you know, you see like Darren Waller, who I know uh, Ben and Sean are pretty high on, um, you know, getting a chance to have a share of an elite tight end in the fourth round. You know, that's, that's something big to pass on for a player like Robinson, where we do have some player level question marks and then maybe some quarterback health level question marks. And then even, you know, Brandon cooks, um, you know, solid, don't have to reach on him. He's going to be there. Uh, if you take another player cooks might still be there in the fifth round. If you want to go a different position when a Rob's on the board in that mid fourth. So, uh, I, you know, I think having some Robinson, um, maybe a little underweight, um, uh, I certainly am way underweight, but you know, I know there's others that, that view him a little bit differently as I talk through this, I'm on quite a few of the players that are available within about a round of his ADP. So um, I would say what the game was in or out, I would say I'm out on Robinson at 41 and wide receiver 20. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? This is one of those questions that creates this fake dichotomy, right? It framing things in a binary sense when they really aren't. If forced to choose though, I'm definitely saying I am on the side where I am out. Uh, In reality, I'm going to have, you know, from a best ball perspective, a decent number of teams where Robinson is on them, but he's not going to be outweighed in comparison to those guys that are around there. You know, I was glad you talked about Deontay Johnson. We did an exercise last week where we looked at the intersection of a player's ADP with their projected opportunity. 
and there was a huge variance on Deontay Johnson. I would much rather yeah. have him than Allen Robinson. And there's a couple of players before who, if you were in on Robinson, you might be reaching over those guys to get him, you know, like a Terry McLaurin. There's a lot of names in that range, but I think the point that you make is well taken. If you look at the other players in that range, there isn't really much of a reason to be in, in on Robinson when you consider some of those questions there in a comparison to a player like Gabe Davis, which I think it's a great comparison. Um, you know, you're probably going to want to favor that younger player in the upstart of their career versus that older declining player changing teams as well. Uh, so yeah, I, and I can even there. go. I can even go to the next round. You know, if you really want to say, if you want to turn it into an exercise of, um, you know, what to do in the fourth versus what to do in the fifth. I mean, when you're going to have Darren Waller and George Kittle available there to give you a tight end positional advantage yep. in the fourth by EDP anyway, on underdog currently, you know, taking one of those players, then coming back in the fifth with Juju Smith Schuster playing with the best quarterback of his career. It's the same situation, you know, for a Rob, you know, everyone's chasing that, you know, what could he be with Matthew Stafford? Well, what could Juju be with Patrick Mahomes? Um, and, you know, he's going to be his team's second option uh, at best as well behind Travis Kelsey. So there's, there's some similarities there. It's just, you know, different in terms of who the alpha target uh, getter is going to be, but you know, Juju's available 10 picks later by ADP in the format. And you've also got DK Metcalf, um, who we talked about earlier in the episode, Rashad Bateman, Chris Godwin. I mean, it's pretty flat from a wide receiver perspective in this area. So just re you know, reaching into the mid fourth for a Rob with all these other players available, when you have a chance to get a potentially elite tight end, that's what I, I think I probably take issue with uh, and, and leads me to that out position. Now, Robinson does find his way, you know, into the, into the early fifth round or very late fourth round. And a lot of these other players, depending on, you know, who, who's in your particular draft could go before him because again, it is a tier. Um, and so you might, might end up with some, you know, shares of Robinson, as, as you mentioned, uh, because you're not total fade status on him, uh, but just not taking him at ADP. Yeah. So, I mean, I could not agree more with, with the, with you pointing out Darren Wall or George Kittle there. I think that's, uh, you know, something that you really need to think about in that spot. I also substantially like Chris Godwin, injury concerns and all more than Alan Robinson. So oh, Curtis, yeah. uh, we have worked our way through this episode, I think. We've actually hit the 40-minute <laughs> mark on an episode I was not expecting us to. I should have known better. Anyway, uh, it's good to have you back. Uh, we will be back again later this week, and we're going to be doing some drafting, I believe. Oh, I can't wait, man. Yeah, we gotta, we're going to check out some of the FFPC's uh, redraft uh, tournaments, probably. Uh, you know, they, They've got the, the football guys uh, tournament that you can enter. I think they got three their three pack deal uh, available again, or you can uh, enter you know single entries for like three hundred fifty dollars, a pretty big um, grand prize there. Uh, of course, the main event we need to gear up for, but you know, I think last year we did a, a football guys as kind of a primer to get ourselves into that mentality after all the best ball hammering. Um, so maybe that would be a good place for us to start. Uh, of course, we're also still playing best ball mania three, trying to max out our entries there, um, and you know. Uh, there's still there's still room in the FFPC best ball tournament as well. Uh, lower jackpot, but far, far fewer entries. Um, definitely a better chance to to ship that than you would have in best ball mania three. So, you know, there, there's great tournaments for you to enter no matter your flavor, uh, no matter your budget. Uh, we're thankful to our partners for making these games available uh, to all of our subs. 
thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.